Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I actually met my wife on CatholicSingles.com, if you can believe that. Really? And about Yes, I had never done that before. Didn't have any problems with dating. Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com. Dot app slash breadbox. Judy Hare was a bankrupt, homeless, drug-addicted college dropout on the brink of divorce, but is now a seminary graduate and devoted wife and mother of four children. What happened? Find out in her autobiography, Shattered, How God Restored My Heart and Life. Her journey of faith has been called brutally honest, truly inspiring, profound, heartbreaking, and life-changing. Shattered is available now for only $15 on her website, judyhair.com, on amazon.com, or at your local Catholic bookstore. As Judy says, it is never too late to become the person you deserve and desire to be. So stop wishing for change and start doing something about it by reserving your copy of Shattered Today. Welcome to Journey with Judy, a weekly podcast filled with faith-infused inspiration, information, and an opportunity for implementation. Now, here is speaker, coach, author, and host, Judy Hare. Good evening. You are listening to Journey with Judy on the Journey with Judy podcast. Our topic tonight is All Lives Matter. So interestingly enough, I don't think we are living in, uh, in 2020 so much in a way that represents the reality, which is all lives matter. So if we always reference the, the word of God, which is the truth, if nobody believes it, and it the message Uh, regarding the kingdom of God is so simple. There are no political or religious boundaries ever, no matter whatever. Uh, There's no way to decide who's in and who's out. Uh, The entire message of love is simply about uh, loving the Lord our God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. So we do not get to decide who gets accepted or who gets rejected. We simply are commanded, not a suggestion, a commandment to love, right? And we know that God 
loves us just like that. His love is going, it's growing, and it's flowing out until we receive it. Uh, those of you who are regulars in, in, in journeying with Judy, you know that before you can receive it, there's some steps to conceive it, perceive it, believe it, and ultimately, hopefully, because of God's grace, we receive this love, which knows no bounds. So, the Good Samaritan is the scripture story. I just love that story. And for those of you who might not remember, uh, it is, it's a story about someone who showed up unexpectedly after this guy was in a ditch. He was down and out, uh, downcast, trodden, stripped, and beaten. He was not only downtrodden, he was forgotten. And so first the priest walked by, and then the Levite walked by, and those two might have been who we expected to show up and, and love in ways that they did not. For whatever reason, they did not. And so along came the Good Samaritan, and he did what the other two did not do and showed up on the scene in ways that nobody expected. And so from that, we, we get this story about how easy it is to talk about loving our neighbor as ourself and Clearly, what we're witnessing in our world today is not necessarily the loving of our neighbor. Um, it's the judging of our neighbor. It is the ignoring of our neighbor, the exploiting, the profiting uh, of our neighbor. We curse them. Uh, we curse them out. We cut them off. Uh, there's never been a greater need. Um, we've seen more hurt and evil than ever, and. For some reason, we are neglecting this responsibility and commandment um, to follow Jesus. So it, it's, it's, it's a simple commandment that says, what do I got to do, right? The, the disciples ask, what do I got to do? And what's so interesting is not only did the Lord say it in the Old Testament, in the book of Deuteronomy and Leviticus, it shows up in all four Gospels, which not every verse shows up in every Gospel. This one does. And both the Lord and Jesus responded by saying, all you got to do is to. You got to love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So as I said, it's easily said, uh, difficult to do. And more than ever, we see the need for this and how different things would be not only in our hearts and our minds and our lives and our communities, I'm talking in the entire world and in the, our country specifically, we are seeing things that's almost not even fathomable. If we did not see it with our own two eyes, I don't know that we would believe we are living in a country that treats one another with such a lack of dignity. So if we are to fill in the blank, truthfully, what are we doing to our neighbor? Are we loving our neighbor? Are we judging our neighbor? Are we condemning our neighbor? Are we neglecting our neighbor? And it is, it's so essential to the Christian life. Like all Christian denominations recognize this love of God and love of neighbor as how you live authentically your Christian existence is to love God and to love your neighbor. So they call it the greatest commandment and I would propose that there's a few things that we could be called to in terms of doing this. So first of all, 
Number one is we are to love our neighbor and who is our neighbor. Our neighbor is not just the person on either side of us. Our neighbor is everyone. So it's not just about close proximity. It's about everybody is our neighbor. And so the first person or first category of people who show up as our neighbor are someone who don't respect you or doesn't understand you. Okay, the first one that comes to mind would be my children. Anyway, so those people who don't always respect and don't always understand. Now, I know all of you could think of one person at least who fits into this category, whether it's an individual or a group. We got some haters. We have some people who misunderstand us and disrespect us, and this scripture says we are to love them anyway. Right, so back to the Good Samaritan story. The Jews hated the Samaritans. They just did because they were inferior politically. They were ethically and religiously less than, right? Through the lens of the Jews, they were less than. And then the Samaritans hated the Jews because they felt misunderstood and persecuted by them. So interestingly enough, God calls us to reach out to everyone. Scripture says, what is it if you can love those who love you and you still can't love those who mistreat you or persecute you? Fact is, they are all your neighbor. Number two, someone that you do not know or you don't have the responsibility to help. Right, so the reality is God died for me, he died for you, he died for our enemies, and there's like no favoritism factored in. Right, I had, so we had our kids in this weekend and there was some comments about who's the favorite. Um, and interestingly enough, um, I pled the fifth, Bob always pleads the fifth on the grounds that it would be incriminating if he says anything. And so Jesus does not do that. Um, we focus on taking care of our own. I mean, it is so easy to love those who say and do and think and be what we call them to. And the reality is that's the challenge is to love the people who do not, right? And, and love transcends logic. So when we put people in a category that I don't know them and it's not my responsibility to help them, we've all said that's not my problem. The reality is everybody is our neighbor, everybody is our problem, and we either become part of the problem or we become part of the solution. So number three, someone who is inconvenient to love can't thank or can't pay us back. Right? How many are, of those people are in our lives that fall into the category of they are inconvenient to love? Uh, my son's high school song was a country song, Hard to Love. I forget who sings it, but it was so, it's so beautifully articulated, loving our 16-year-old, 15, 16, 17, and 18-year-old son. He was hard to love. And that's where the rubber met the road is when we loved him despite how hard it was. Those of you who are parents or married, you know what it feels like to not be thanked, to not be appreciated. And those of you who have ever loaned money know what it's like to not be paid back. And the reality is that Samaritan knew that he knew that he knew that there would be no payback. There might not even be any gratitude or 
professed appreciation. See, my, in the past, my love was conditional. Uh, there, there's one of the saints says, love is not based on reciprocity, right? If it's, con if it's unconditional and it's measureless and it counts no cost, then it's, it doesn't need to be reciprocal. I love because God loved me first, right? He loved us first and out of that love, we love those who are inconvenient, those who cannot pay us back. Um, interestingly enough, scripture says that we are to do that kind of loving and giving in secret because then the Lord kind of pays us back in secret. So I know in my life, I wanted gratification and I wanted glory and that was the story. I wanted gratification and I wanted glory and that was the story. Scripture tells us that our reward will be in heaven, right? We are to love without feeling the need to be reciprocal. Number four, someone who could harm us. Someone we judge doesn't deserve to be treated with dignity. And don't we do that? Don't we decide that you're worthy, you're more worthy of love than this person? I deem you worthy and unworthy. So, so much of my past was about the measuring of worthiness, which, you know, we know from the, the scripture of the publican and the Pharisee where one said, thank God I'm not like him. And the other one approached the Lord with downcast and feeling less than, right? And so it was so beautiful how Jesus said, oh, no, no, don't look down on them and don't look up at me. Just let me see you because I see you for who you are and what you can be. And so those people who don't deserve our love are the people that we get to and need to love the most. So when my kids were little, we used to always used to do the WWJD. And so at first they thought that was, what would Judy do? And of course I had to give them some clarification. It was like, don't ever do what I do, do what Jesus would do. So what would Jesus do? He would love. He would love without cost. He would love without measure. And he would love day in and day out, no matter whatever. So that, that, Samaritan story, you know, that person did not look at the person that was downtrodden and forgotten based on who he was in that moment. He looked at what he could be, right? I, I, I'm so reminded that God does not see us as the problem. God sees us as his people and he sees what's possible, right? So the good Samaritan did not look at the present condition. He looked at the future possibility. I love that. So he didn't focus on the, that this person was helpless. He focused on the fact that he could be of help, right? There's a, there's a, uh, a quote that says, a handout is different than a hand up. I learned the hard way, as I state often, is like, I'm, I'm a field tripper. So I don't always learn the lesson in the classroom. I actually have to take the field trip to learn my lessons. And I used to learn that by enabling people, we're sending this message that they don't have what it takes and that they need us rather than loving them where they are and allowing themselves to be picked up so then we can walk with them, if that makes any sense. So this good Samaritan didn't look at him as 
helpless. He looked at himself as a helper. Love that. Love, love, love that. And number five, someone who is in need of our love in order to represent God's love. See, it's, it's really likely that if someone has been put in our path, that we are called to love them. Mm-hmm. See, like we might be the only Bible that somebody ever reads. And when we're going to church and we're saying that we're people of faith and the people that are in our path do not feel loved and forgiven and chosen, but they feel judged and condemned and questioned, we blow our witness. That used to be the big thing I would say to our kids when they were in, they were in Catholic school and we were the family, you know, the church family. And it was so important that our kids understood the responsibility of looking like Jesus, of acting like the church, of loving people who are so in desperate need of our love in order to be able to feel God's love. See, because if we can't love those people, then how can they possibly feel God's love? How do they possibly feel it if we can't make it palpable to them? See, I know that when we value something, we take care of it. We were on a, our in-laws boat this weekend and it's a beautiful boat and it's so great because we don't have to pay for any of it. We just jump on it and drive away and it's beautiful. They paid a significant price in order for us to enjoy that privilege. And my, my thing was be careful, you know, be careful. It's not ours. Be ca- I was so mindful of what could happen as the dogs were running around and you know, we, there's just so many people enjoying it. And it was interesting. Someone said, you know, how much did this, how much did this cost? And so somebody in the back of the boat said, anything is worth the price that someone is willing to pay for it. And it got me thinking the price that Jesus paid for us. Because he said it was worth that price, right? We, we handle things that have value with care. We're really careful that it doesn't get hurt, it doesn't get broken, it doesn't get damaged. It actually, when we have stuff that really matters that we consider priceless, sometimes we put it out so other people can see it and enjoy it. I'm wondering if we are loving that way. I'm wondering if we're loving and living out First Peter that says, you were redeemed, you were bought for a price. Because see, God determined and he decided the value of you. And all the other people I just mentioned, all five of those categories, he decided and he determined their value too. See, the greatest, greatest price tag that was ever paid was put on us. Put on me and put on you. So what would it look like if we did those two? See, because if there's light in our soul, there'll be beauty in the person. If there's beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the home. If there's harmony in the home, there will be order in the nation. And if there's order in the nation, there will be peace in our world. One of my favorite priests used to say that God put obvious limitations on our intelligence 
and very little limitations on our stupidity. So when we do not know who our neighbor is, when we do not recognize that it's not about position, it is about influence. It is not about ability, it is about availability. And when we show up so God can show off and we recognize that every man's neighbor is their looking glass, what do they see when they look at me? And what do they see when they look at you? Because true generosity never looks to reciprocity. True generosity never looks to reciprocity. It neither expects it because it's not an obligation, it's an invitation. And our reward is in the joy in giving unconditionally without cost and without measure. So that scripture verse, love, your, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. What's so crazy is I got stuck on that many years ago. I didn't get stuck on the loving God part. I didn't even get stuck on the loving your neighbor part. I got stuck on the last word that said yourself. And see, all of the love that I poured out when I didn't love me was conditional and judgmental. It was measurable. And now that I got to this place where I really think I'm kind of great, and not because I said so, but because God said so, I can love you better. I can love different because I received the love that God has for me. So that scripture verse reminds us that all you got to do is two. And everything that I do affects you. So all we got to do is two, right? All we got to do is two. And remember that what I do affects you and what we do has an ongoing ripple effect. So let's recognize and realize that God is loving us, living and loving in us and through us. And so may we love him, be loved by him, and love our neighbor as ourself. You have journeyed with Judy on the podcast, All Lives Matter, because all lives matter. And Jesus died for me as well as for you. So this week, I encourage you to do those two. And I invite you without any expectation or expiration to an invitation to connect with me personally, whether you reach out on social media or, or directly text me or call me, I would love to schedule a complimentary session so we could learn more about how I might serve you. And never forget, it is never too late to be who God calls you to be. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Journey with Judy. To learn more about Judy's coaching ministry, receive a complimentary session, and other services she offers, visit judyhair.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And remember, it's never too late to be who God called you to be. These are unprecedented times for our world, our nation, and our faith. Cities are being burned. The debate rages over our national identity, 
and a global pandemic has shut down our parishes and deprived the faithful of the sacraments. Times like these can challenge our faith and our hope. Now more than ever, Catholics need to utilize technological advances to strengthen their faith. Endorsed by faithful bishops and cardinals, Breadbox Media is answering this need by providing on-demand podcasting that is faithful to the magisterial teachings of the Catholic Church. Our podcasts let you nurture your faith at any location, at your convenience, and at no cost. We are able to provide this free service because of the generosity of our donors. Would you consider giving a donation today to support this vital ministry? Not only is your donation tax-deductible, but you will be helping to transform hearts, minds, and our culture for Christ. Donations can be made by going to breadboxmedia.com. Thank you, and may God bless you.